episode number 106 of Pop Culturally Deprived, and today we're going to be talking about Rocky on your Yo Adrian podcast. I'm Andy Kay. And I'm Matthew Vose. It is the thing with Rocky that you just want to go, Adrian! Yo Adrian! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was surprised actually at how many times that Yo Adrian was said in this movie, mm. beyond just at the, the fight at the end. Or, Yo Polly! <laughs> do you think he somebody. picked it because it is a fairly lyrical name adrian maybe maybe <laughs> eliza adrian <laughs> <laughs> oh somebody's got hamilton on the brain oh yeah now oh yeah <laughs> see i've just i've just absolutely ruined it haven't i because i had a whole thing later on lined up for like rocky's not gonna throw away his shot not wink <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> right. Uh, Rocky. How come you've never seen uh, Rocky? Because it's a guy movie from the 70s. Okay. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. That's why I never wanted to see it. I saw it as utterly something that I would hate, would never want to have anything to do with because, ugh, guy movies, which, as we've learned, I tend to actually like <laughs> the ones that I have considered wrongly considered guy movies in the past mm. so yeah were you surprised by just how old the film was yeah but... i think i thought it was from the 80s mm. i didn't realize it was from the 70s until i sat down to watch it yeah i think as a series it has a very different legacy than this film mm -hmm. actually should give it um which i think we'll get into in a bit but yeah even i was like oh okay Wow, 76, that's quite old. That's pretty, you know, some major stuff, as we'll find out. Rocky is a 1976 sport drama directed by John G. Avildsen, written by and starring Sylvester Sloan. The story was partially based on a number of real-life boxers, including Rocky Marciano, Chuck Wepner, and Muhammad Ali. Stallone wrote the screenplay in only a few days and sold the rights to United Artists. They looked to cast an established actor as the title character, but Stallone took a worse deal for the rights to ensure that he was portraying he was the one portraying Rocky Balboa. His worst deal included a percentage of the film's profits. The film had a $1 million production budget and a $4 million marketing budget, and Rocky is considered one of the greatest success stories of cinema. It took $225 million at the box office and was the highest grossing film of 1976 and because it was released in December it is also the second highest grossing film of 1977 behind a little film called Star Wars <laughs> thanks <laughs> pity chuckle there yeah Rocky was a critical success as well Roger Ebert gave it 4 stars out of 4 saying that Stallone reminded him of a young Marlon Brando the film was nominated for 10 Academy Awards. It took home the Oscar for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Film Editing. It didn't win any of the acting awards, but it was nominated in all four major categories. And in 2006, it entered the Library of Congress National Film Registry for being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. There have been seven sequels to Rocky so far. Rocky 2, Rocky 3, Rocky 4, Rocky 5, Rocky Balboa, Creed, and Creed 2. Sylvester Sloan does not appear in the Rocky Horror Picture Show or The Adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> oh, Matthew, you make me laugh. <laughs> so they're not part of the canon, I think is what they're saying. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. 
Right, why don't you tell us uh, what this is all about? Well, according to IMDb, a small-time boxer gets a supremely rare chance to fight a heavyweight champion in a bout in which he strives to go the distance for his self-respect. Which is actually one of the better synopses from IMDb. It is. Do you think that's what the film is about? Hmm. Come back to me. I I think the film is about his journey to wherever he ends up at the end of this movie. Okay. <laughs> that okay. makes it sound like I really didn't like it, but that's not entirely true. Okay. Um, how were you able to watch this one? Where is it available over there? You can rent it on Amazon or you can do a seven-day free trial of the Sports Illustrated channel on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Uh, over here, it's not available to uh, a freely stream on any streaming service. You can, I think, buy it, maybe even rent it on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not on Netflix or Sky or anywhere. I had to buy the DVD. Right. Um, on Am- Amazon Prime Video, there is Rocky Four: The American Punch, a documentary about the making of Rocky Four. Which makes me wonder, why is there a documentary about Rocky Four but not Rocky One? Uh, it looks like it's doing a whole... Cold War power books. It is about him fighting someone from the um, other side of the Iron Curtain. Oh, okay. Hmm. All right. Okay. Um, Sylvester Sloan, as we said, was a major, major part of this. So I don't think we've had him on the sh- no. We've had one of his films we've on had the one on the show before. So what's your experience of him? Um, well, we did Oscar on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, primarily, I just know about him in general pop culture because of Rocky iconic rambo iconic um i had previously seen demolition man and stopper my mom will shoot okay (laughs) and now i've seen oscar and i've seen rocky and i really think that's about it like i'm looking through the list right now and there are movies on here that i want to see like the expendables Mm -hmm. um oh apparently he was in guardians of the galaxy too he was he had a cameo, it looks like. Yeah, he's the leader of the Ravagers. And also, he played himself in an episode of This Is Us in season two. Uh Yeah, so that, that's all I got. I it, Really, okay. he's just a cultural icon. Got it. I think he calls Stop on My Mum Will Shoot his worst film. <laughs> which, woof. <laughs> yeah, that... Yeah, that's... That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. I mean, I've seen Judge Dredd, so. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, boxing films. I think this is our first boxing film. It is. Um, and they, they are a, a genre unto themselves. Have you seen any others? I believe this is only my second boxing film. I believe oh. my only other boxing film was Million Dollar Baby. Okay. Like, I did like Google boxing movies to see what came up, and the only one that was familiar to me was Million Dollar Baby, which I watched because Hillary Swank, not because mm-hmm. of boxing. Okay. Mm. There, there are some good ones. I quite enjoy it as a genre um, when it does it well. Uh, the Fighter is the one that stands out for me as being a particularly excellent drama that involves boxing. Mm-hmm. I imagine I would like them if I watched them. It's just mm. it, it's a genre that I never started watching because like i said i avoided quote unquote guy movies when i was younger yeah 
Um, I have learned that I enjoy sports movies, like football movies, baseball movies, and things like that. Well, I'm not a sports person. I tend to enjoy the movies because they are generally inspirational and uplifting and about personal growth, and I enjoy those things. Okay. And and so if I started watching boxing movies, I would probably like them. It just never happened. Until okay. now. Yeah. Yes. Um, the Fighter, Amy Adams, Christian Bale, Mark Wahlberg. It's very good. Hmm. That sounds interesting. Mm. I like Amy Adams. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, that was my birthday film on 2011, I think I saw that. Okay, so your second boxing movie. This is a very different movie from Million Dollar Baby, mm-hmm. um, which I think might also have won the Best Picture. I'm not sure. I think it was a critical darling as well. Um, Rocky, did you enjoy Rocky? I did. I didn't love it, but I liked it enough to want to watch more in the franchise. Okay. So actually, we should we should have asked that a little bit more because it does have a reputation as a franchise, as a series. It's it's like you say iconic and very much part of pop culture. What did you know about this before you went into watching it? I thought Eye of the Tiger was in this one, and then it turns out it's not. Mm-hmm. So I think that one's in a later one, but that makes me want to watch the later one. Okay. I thought he won the fight, and I knew okay. that he yelled "Yo, Adrian." That's all Adrian. I knew about this movie. <laughs> Oh, and running up the stairs. Okay. That's it. Okay. What sort of film were you expecting? Did you have any sense of what the story was going to be? No. I mean, I knew the climax of the story was going to be a big fight. Okay. I mean, that's (laughs) what these movies do. Boxing films is is quite likely, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Like a football movie, the climax is going to be the game. So I knew it was going to be leading up to a fight. I I didn't know if it was going to be an underdog coming up to win or if it was going to be, he's going to be overcoming some sort of injury. I I just, I didn't know what the context was going to be for the fight. Okay. And it ended up being kind of convoluted to me, but. Yeah. Did, did it feel like a contrivance to set up this, you know, massive underdog versus the world champion? It did, but only because I don't understand, and it could just be that I don't understand boxing, which is true. Mm -hmm. I absolutely don't understand boxing, but I don't understand how you can have an unknown who's never fought any ranked fighters be a contender for the World Heavyweight Championship, which is how they set this up. So that doesn't make sense to me. What Apollo Creed does absolutely makes sense. He, He needed a partner to fight, and since he couldn't find somebody like a worthy opponent he decided to make it a spectacle so that it would be entertaining and he would be sure to win that absolutely makes sense to me but the mechanics of it don't make sense Mm. okay i think it is because he's world champion so if you beat him you're clearly better than him so you're world champion okay okay i guess that makes sense yeah and i wonder is that because there are very few sports where you hold that sort of uh, title. Like it wouldn't be if you beat Serena Williams, you're number one, but that's because she is just ranked number one over the course of a number of tournaments. Right. Hmm. You might win one of those tournaments, 
uh, and hopefully because you beat her. But uh, but also, is it because you know, like a tennis player, a golf player, a, you know, any other solo sport, they could do their sports several times in a short period. A boxer can't do that. Yeah, that's true. That is absolutely true. Mm, maybe. Um, I'd completely forgotten. I was, we saw this a very long time ago. I'd completely forgotten the setup for it. I thought it was just, this was his shot. And here comes the joke, guys. He wasn't going to throw away his shot. My shot! <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it is a massive contrivance, but I quite like it. I quite like this thing of, yeah, no one wants to fight you. No one has the time to train. The guy you're set up against is injured, but we don't want to call it off. Mm -hmm. So the money is leading the thing. So they decide to get this rando dude in. Mm -hmm. I just not, I'm never sure I actually believe that it's Rocky is the one they would pick rather than any of the other guys who are training properly. Right. But I don't know how that world works well enough. Exactly. So let's talk about the character of Rocky, uh, written by Sylvester Sloan. Starring Sylvester Sloan, um, but not necessarily. I don't know. There is always a problem sometimes when you see a character written and portrayed that it's they're trying to make themselves look good through it mm-hmm. and give themselves all the best lines and all the best bits that you want to remember them for. I'm not sure he necessarily gets them, and I'm not sure he's necessarily a good guy. What do you mean by good guy? Mm. Like he he talks about you know I'm I'm not a bum but I'm not educated I'm just boxing because that's what's in front of me. Why do you want to fight? Because I can't sing a dance. Yo. He works as loan debt collector. It doesn't really make much money off his boxing. A bit listless, perhaps. He's not sort of working towards something and mm-hmm. trying to make good of himself. He's just, he boxes, but didn't really commit to it. So he never quite came to what the trainer thought he might be able to do. Right. Mm. He just He's just there. Yeah. He's just existing. Mm. Which I think, I think that's a really great characterization. And I think that lends to my feelings coming out of the movie. Mm. I I came out of the movie feeling kind of flat i think and that's why i say i i didn't love it but i liked it enough that i want to see more Mm. um because i wanted more out of this movie i wanted more out of rocky i wanted to see more of rocky's journey um the the character itself we didn't really get to know him i didn't find myself really invested in that final fight because i hadn't been given enough of rocky's motivation or his life why does he box? You know, he'd been going to mix for 10 years. He had a locker there for six, but we don't know why he was committed enough to go all of that time without actually becoming anything. You know, it's like, what is it that drives Rocky to be Rocky? Those were the questions that I was having while I was watching this movie. And if I had gotten any of that, I probably would have been a little more invested. Yeah, I don't think we get any of his his history, do we? No. Mm. Yeah, that's Mm. fair. So, I mean, all we know about Rocky is he has... Okay, so he has heart. I will give him that. He loves animals. He let the guy go without breaking his thumb on the one job that we saw him go on. 
Mm-hmm. Even though, I mean, okay, so he breaks bones for a loan collector or loan shark, but the one time that we were supposed to see him do that, he chose not to do it. He gave him a break. He really loves this woman who doesn't think she has any self-worth and he's trying to show her really hard that, that she does. You know, he cares about the the girl in the neighborhood, you know, so so there are all these little nuggets mm. that, that yeah. show us that he has a heart, like his... God, when he gets so excited over the dog and things like that, you know. But that's all they are. They're nuggets that that tell us that there might be something deeper to this person. But we just don't ever get to go deeper. And I wish we had. Yeah. Do you think someone at some point should have said, okay, put some backstory in somewhere? Yeah. Yeah. Because the most we get is him talking about being a southpaw. Mm-hmm. But even that doesn't really go that much further it's it's almost an excuse and is it supposed to come across as an excuse for why he never made it but actually it was his commitment to the craft we're, we're not giving anything are we <laughs> <laughs> i think god this movie was really long to not give us much of rocky's character it, it surprisingly has less boxing in it than you would expect for a two-hour boxing movie I think I expected more on the way. It's a lot more about the relationships and the like advertising for it. Yeah. The pressure on him. Yeah. I could have done completely without Polly and had more of Rocky training and actually training with Mick. Okay. That would have made a better movie for me, I think. Okay. Was the, again, this is the problem coming into it. I knew that, um, uh, Mickey was his trainer. So was there a point when you were watching it where you thought, oh, he's not going to train with this guy or he is going to train with this guy? Did it always seem expected that he would in the end train with him? No, actually, I, I didn't expect him to train at all because he just seemed to be such a loner. Um, and then when when Mick came to him, that whole scene between Mick and mm-hmm. Rocky, my my feeling was i don't know who i'm supposed to feel sorry for here am i supposed to feel sorry for mick or am i supposed to feel sorry for rocky Mm. (laughs) because i couldn't figure it out and then you know mick just decides to leave very dejectedly and rocky does the thing that rocky does where he finally talks when nobody else is in the room yeah like that's a thing um and then all of a sudden i realized oh obviously he's gonna go run after mick and get mick to help him but then when we have the big training montage mick is nowhere to be found (laughs) yeah you know so i i'm not sure what the point of that was like we don't get to see mick imparting any of this wisdom to him that he said he wanted to and that would have been nice to see in this character's journey Mm. i think oh we get the whole string on the feet thing you know come on (laughs) yeah okay yeah, no, you're right. We don't get much of him. I, I do like that scene, particularly because you can still hear Stallone when he's outside raging about it. Mm-hmm. And then you don't hear them making up and agreeing. Right. It's it, it's well done drama. Mm-hmm. You saying that you're not sure who you're supposed to root for in that scene or, or who you're supposed to feel for. Do you think that's intentional that they're trying to write both characters as sort of in the middle, slate shades of grey? Or is it that it's not written well enough to tell you what you should be feeling? 
I think it wasn't written well enough to tell me what I should be feeling. Right. You needed a bit more there to set up the scene and set up the characters? Right. I felt okay. like I was being told all of this information at once, but mm-hmm. I didn't have any context for any of it, so I didn't know what to do with it. Right. This really makes it sound like I didn't like the movie. No. But I did. I just hmm. I find it flawed. Very flawed. Yeah. And that is very fair. Um, You mentioned the girl, him having the relationship and him trying to help the girl at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, two very interesting things that stand out. I, I think you, they are read differently now than they were at the time. And, and I don't know whether we just pass them off as they are of their time or whether they are genuinely problematic. Particularly the girl. He's trying to... I, I don't get the sense of what his relationship to her actually is, but he's trying to tell her to not act the way she's acting and hang out with these boys because he knew a girl who did that and she was considered a whore by everyone and so she doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. You see, they don't remember you. They remember the rep. You understand? Hey, you got a boyfriend. No, you ain't got a boyfriend. You know why? Why don't you think you have a boyfriend? Because you're hanging out with them coconuts in the corner. You understand? You hang out with them coconuts, you get nowhere. They're lemons. I think that this is definitely very much of its time. He mm. he was trying to be sweet. He was trying to be kind. He was trying to look out for her. And uh, it makes me cringe so hard looking at it through the lens of 2018 but looking at it through the lens of 1979 or 76, whenever this was, mm-hmm. you know, I really do think he's trying to make sure that that she has self-respect. You know, I mean, okay. cause he was he wasn't calling her a whore, but he was telling her the this is what people are going to think about the things that you choose to do. Mm. And I. You know, the way he did it is absolutely cringeworthy right now. Like, I was sitting there like, oh, God, just stop talking. Just stop talking. <laughs> yeah. um, and it was really nice that they actually, in 1976, followed it up with... Hey, Rocky. Yo. Screw you, creepo. Mm-hmm. You know, that that was a good little counterpoint to it. But he really was just trying to be nice. And, and even that is probably something that we read slightly differently. In 1976, it was probably like, a, oh, there's no helping some people. She's a lost cause. Mm-hmm. Now we read it, we're like, yeah, good for you. <laughs> F this guy. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> um, the romance with Adrian. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm quite torn on it. What the film wants us to see is that she is painfully shy. Absolute wallflower does not, is not happy interacting with anyone. Um, and he pursues her. And I, I like you were talking about him just running his mouth and talking and talking and talking at the girl. I quite like the characterization that he does just talk at everyone. Uh, and you see that a lot with Adrian. It's just him, stream of consciousness, what's going on and him telling her things. Mm-hmm. You know, some people think that being shy is a disease, you know, but it don't bother me. Not, you know? Don't bother me either. Why'd I bother bringing it up, huh? Because I'm dumb, that's why. I think we make a real sharp couple of coconuts. I'm dumb and you're shy. What do you think, huh? And I think the film wants it to be that it's his persistence. She would would like a relationship, but she has no idea how to go about it or, or is too shy to go about it. Mm-hmm. 
but it's his persistence that leads to the relationship, which does seem to be good for the two of them. I, I, I think it could have been done that actually the relationship meant nothing, but it does seem to actually be a positive thing for the two of them. Someone to confide in, someone to share time with. Right. But then there's the sequence where he takes her to her apartment. Oh. We've had the, the slightly weird ice skating sequence, but, you know, he, he's trying and this is a sign that he's trying. He takes her to her apartment. She is very uncomfortable. She's in her hat and her coat. She's not, like, moving at all. She tries to leave because she or she wants a phone, her brother, to tell him where she is. And he messes that up. She then wants to leave. He holds the door shut, puts his arms either side of her, and then says that he's going to kiss her and she can kiss him back if she wants to. Which is hugely problematic. Yes. Yes, it <laughs> yeah, is. Very much, obviously through the lens of today very much, but it's hugely problematic either direction. Mm-hmm. Is okay. that another thing that is just of its time? I struggled with this a lot. Mm. Um, you can see my notes. I was like, dude, she just said she's uncomfortable. Let her go. <laughs> but mm. I think the intent behind it is it, it, it has good intentions. And it it is hard sometimes to separate that between, you know, what we know now in 2018 versus what people did and thought in 1976 you know i i think that the movie wanted to show us that he thought she was worth loving when she didn't and that's very sweet that's a good thing but the way that he went about it was very very uncomfortable it was inappropriate it was Mm. it it was it was creepy yeah it's not it's it's not easy to just brush off Mm mm-hmm and say it's of its time and we should forgive it. The film just goes, I think just about makes it, you can see that this is the thing that gets through to her because she does reciprocate and then, and then it does become a positive relationship. This doesn't go to a thing that some other boxing movies do of it's actually abusive or unhappy or coercive. Mm Mm-hmm. But I'd much rather it have been they went on a second date. Right. Yeah, it helped a little that they did have the earlier scene in the pet store. Because Mm. in the pet store, God, that scene was so painfully awkward. But Mm. he was trying to flirt with her and she just had no idea what to do with it. And it was clear that they were both feeling shy slash nervous. Yeah, she keeps looking back at him. Yeah, (laughs) and so that helped because you could tell that he that she did feel some sort of attraction towards him, that she was interested, Mm -hmm. but she was written in such a way that it was just painful to watch. I think, and Mm -hmm. and it it could have been done better. I I don't know that they knew to do better in 1976, but I really wish they had. Yeah. Okay. It is worth commenting on, but by and large, it does a lot of the rest of the relationship quite well. It does. Like you say, the stuff with Paulie is very difficult. And where they go to with Paulie, getting upset with her and trashing part of his own apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't work. No, it, it doesn't work at all. But I like that her relationship with Rocky, seeing that somebody believes in her and believes that she's worth something, helps her see that she has worth. Mm. I mean, I wish that she could have come to that on her own, but... You know, sometimes you need to see yourself through someone else's eyes before you you can feel that way. And so she was able to leave that 
that situation. That's what I'm looking for. She mm-hmm. was able to leave that situation and and not put up with Polly being abusive to her. Hmm. Because even if he wasn't physically abusive, he was obviously emotionally and psychologically yeah. abusive to her. I mean, she thought she was a loser because that's what he had told her all of her life. So it ends up with them really quite happy because he's gotten through the fight. Um, and I think for me, uh, that's what I quite like done well in a sports movie when they don't win the game or the tournament or, you know, they don't win at sport, but it is still experienced as a personal triumph. Mm-hmm. It, it feels very refreshing. I, and I suspect that's because we watch sports films as kids and it's about teaming and learning to work with others. So you need to see them win as well. Whereas right. for a grown-up film, it's it's about actually trying and achieving through putting yourself out there and doing the thing you were scared to do. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think the film wants to be slightly ambiguous at the end about who actually won, but it is very much he did not win, but he did the thing he wanted to do. And that is good. Right. So my initial reaction when the movie ended was, wait, he didn't win the fight? but he got love? Is that what Mm. just happened here? (laughs) I was like, it kind of threw me for a loop because my expectation is when you watch an underdog movie like this, they always end up coming out on top. Yeah. And when that didn't happen, it threw me for a loop. But after further reflection, I realized that you are absolutely right. The formula is to win, and since he didn't win, that makes the movie about his journey, not about the fight. Yeah. And and there are so many movies that would have made this, this movie about the fight or mm. about the football game or about the NASCAR race or whatever it is that we're watching. And instead, mm. this was about the character of Rocky and not whether he won or lost. Mm-hmm. The the thing about that that I think is really well done is, is it comes off the back of the scene where he's been to the auditorium and he's getting nervous over the fight the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, he actually talks in a very quiet moment. He talks to Adrian and says, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to beat him. This guy has no weaknesses. He's heavyweight champion of the world. So it's going to be very difficult for me to do it. But no one's ever lasted the full fight against him. And that's what I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and our friend Dr. Kelly Jones would particularly love, he defines his terms for victory. Yes. He says, this is what it will be for me to come out feeling like I've achieved. So he sets that as his target. Mm-hmm. And because he does that at the end, it is it is a victory on his own terms. Um, but the fact that Adrian is there with him through it, you can see it's made a difference to him and the relationship has been positive for him as well as, uh, you know, her not being so shy mm-hmm. hmm. yeah it's funny in my notes when i still thought he was gonna win you know so adrian had stayed in the locker room for most of the fight and at the mm. end when the last round is almost over you know she comes out and so my instant thought was oh of course he's gonna see adrian and suddenly have the strength to win and that's not <laughs> the direction that the movie went which is nice it is i think the word mm. that you used was refreshing it is refreshing if a movie from 1976 can be refreshing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a very nice thing. And, and one of the other the other side of it that's really good is we don't actually really see Apollo Creed until we get to the fight. Mm-hmm. The film treats him as this sort of mythical being. 
heavyweight champion of the world. Anyone would be lucky to fight him. No one's going to be able to beat him. And we even have our protagonist telling us this guy's got no weakness. Right. Um, and we haven't seen enough of the training to show us this is the tactic they're going to use against him. Mm-hmm. A little bit. There's a bit about, you know, keep punching in the ribs, don't let him breathe. Um, but by and large, it is just uh, go and give it your best shot. But this guy's really good. He's going to beat you. Yeah, I think if I were Rocky, well, actually, okay, if I were Rocky, I probably wouldn't have accepted the fight. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> I'm a coward. But if I were Rocky and I had the sort of predisposition where I would have accepted the fight, I would have done it kind of on the same terms that he did, not expecting to win, but going into it, hoping to come out of it better than when I went in. So Mm. he gets the exposure, he gets the advertising and the marketing, and he also gets the experience of fighting someone who is better than him, which even if you don't win, you can learn from and become better from when it's over. And I think that is the mindset that he ended up with when he went into it and he just wanted to make it to the end of the fight, which is a really nice contrast to Creed's, you know, previously bragging that he would have him out in three. Yeah. And then he made it all the way to 15. Mm. Okay. Question for you. Uh, One of the great things about sports is that it, it stirs the emotions that sort of feeling of being part of a group and supporting a team, supporting a person, wanting to watch and feel the adrenaline of the moment. The bit where he knocks Creed down in the first round, did did that stir you? Did you feel like, oh, this could be a thing. This is quite exciting. No, because I was stuck on the fact that the commentator said that was the first time he had ever been knocked down. And I was yeah. like, what? He's <laughs> never been knocked down a single time in his whole career. He is a very good boxer. Very good boxer. Mm. Did did any of the fight do it for you in that way? Did you get uh, emotionally invested in it? No. I okay. I mean, because like I said, I, I didn't feel like I knew enough about the characters to feel emotionally invested. Okay. I needed just a little bit more depth for me to get to that point. Okay. So were were there bits of the films that did get you invested? Was there anything that you particularly enjoyed about it? I really liked the whole thread with Rocky and his turtles. Hey, your old man did pretty good tonight. Why weren't you there, huh? You should have seen me. You guys hungry? No? Here you go. Here you go. You want to see your friend Moby Dick, huh? Hey, don't Moby Dick. You miss me today or what? Huh? Yeah. Here you go, say hi. You know, if you guys could sing or dance, I wouldn't be doing this, you know. <laughs> and, yeah. and just his general love of animals anyway. And when Adrian brings him the dog. I got, I got another surprise for you. What? Bud kids! Hey, bud kids! Come here, kid! Come here! To keep you company when you run! Oh, Yona never come back. Boy, do I want him? Come here. What's he eat, you thought? What's he eat? He eats little turtles. Yo, my kid. Like, I was smiling like a crazy person. I could not (laughs) help but smile because he was so excited about the dog. And it was wonderful. (laughs) I I don't know. Dogs in movies just have a soft spot in my heart. But he was just really good with the animals, I think. 
did you read the thing about the dog? No. That it was Stallone's dog? Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah. Aw, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing I liked was, I mean, the training montage, yes, it's iconic, but the the music behind it just makes it so inspirational. Mm. And actually, uh, I really enjoyed the way they used that theme throughout the movie in various mm. ways. The, the same melody slowed down, you know, with a piano mm. was very sentimental and emotional versus when it's really pumped up and revved up, like when he's running up the stairs. And and I really liked that they could take that those same notes and just kind of thread it through. I don't usually pick up on stuff like that, but I did in this movie. And I don't know if it's just because that theme is so iconic that I just recognized it when it was repeatedly mm. used. But it was it was used in in a very lovely way. Yeah, particularly when you get to that bit and he is triumphing by running up the stairs. Mm-hmm. And it's all good. Yeah, it absolutely works. Mm-hmm. It is it is utterly perfect. And the running up the stairs is just a wonderful shot in and of itself. I think coupled with him not having been able to do it earlier because he was smoking, because he was a bit out of out of shape. Mm-hmm. There was a, an interesting comment that um, the inventor of the Steadicam used the shot of his girlfriend running up the stairs to show just how good the Steadicam was. Right. Um, and the director was so impressed, he got the guy to come back and film it with Stallone for this film. Nice. Which is great. I've been to Philadelphia once. I tried to make it to the stairs. Didn't have time. Oh, I already know that if I went there, I would maybe make it halfway up, and then I would just die. That's the worrying thing. Is like there's a lot of steps there. Yeah. (laughs) What about you? Did you have any favorite scenes, performances, anything like that in this one? Uh, like I say, the 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 quiet moment with Adrian is lovely. It's it's a slight contrast to the rest of the film where he runs his mouth and he's just talking and he's all uh, sound and fury effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really nice to have that quiet moment. He's been he's seen the giant poster of himself that is wrong, mm-hmm. um, which which was a prop mistake. The prop people made it wrong, so they wrote some dialogue to explain it. Mr. Jurgens, the poster's wrong. What do you mean? Well, I'm wearing white pants with a red stripe. It doesn't really matter, does it? I'm sure you're going to give us a great show. Oh, okay. But it utterly works. And the same thing with the oversized uh, robe. Like, his robe is massive because they ordered the wrong size. So they throw in some dialogue to explain it. But it it adds to the feeling of, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Uh, making it feel a bit cheap but right okay uh, e- even the scene um with talia shire film filming the the bed scene that they were so over um schedule that the producers were actually just going to skip that scene so stallone had to go and do it in one take mm. and it works it's lovely it is lovely mm. and it does set up like okay even our hero was worried about this fight mm-hmm. i can't be Yeah. I've been out there walking around, thinking. I mean, who am I kidding? I ain't even in the guy's league. It it sets you up that you don't know what is coming, what is about to happen. Right. Mm. And then when we get into the fight, it's really good. You have that first round where he knocked Creed down. 
And you have Creed's trainer says to him, and it, it is for me just the standout line of the piece. He doesn't know it's a damn show. He thinks it's a damn fight. And it does set up the fight. We've had nothing of Creed. We've just had Creed off doing the publicity and whatever he thinks he should be doing. Mm-hmm. And now he turns up and it's like, oh, actually, you're going to have to work for this one. Right. Yeah. Mm, it's really good. Yeah. It, it, it did turn into a fight for sure. Mm. And a shout out to the prosthetics people because the makeup was actually very, very good. Mm-hmm. As they bludgeoned each other to almost death. Yes. They looked beat up. They really did. Mm. It's pretty... It was tough. I think the scene where he couldn't see out of his eye and so they made him cut it. Yeah. To relieve the... Oh, that was terrible. Mm. Terrible. Um, for a film that often does look... You can see that it was it was done on a very low budget. That would have been something to have either faked or not really done. Mm-hmm. But they, they clearly put the money into doing the makeup yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. I think I did see something. The makeup was like the highest cost of the film or something. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Well, we have been talking about Rocky for a little bit now. Is there anything else that we need to discuss about Rocky? Now, there's a lot of outro questions I could ask you about sequels, about your feeling on the fights, about other boxing films. There is one thing I really want to know. (laughs) Why does Apollo Creed think that New Year is the USA's birthday? Oh, honey, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I could not figure it out to save my life. (laughs) And then is this in the script like this? Because surely as... someone at some point says. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He comes out as George Washington and then all of a sudden he's Uncle Sam. And I <laughs> d- had no idea what was happening there. Yeah. And, and it, there's a whole bit about, oh, he's Uncle Sam. That would be great for the recruiting posters. It'd be really good. Yeah. I mean, is this just, just post-Vietnam? I wonder, though, because the poster did say Bicentennial. And, I mean, 1976 is obviously... United States is bicentennial. Mm-hmm. 1776. But it would have been in July, not January. But maybe they were just trying to do a whole year-long celebration? Maybe he was starting the year off as this is the bicentennial year. It's okay. 1976. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's about the year. Could not be. necessarily... Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it does imply this is the day off. So if they had done it on July 4th, it would have made a lot more sense. It would have absolutely made a lot more sense. But I suspect yeah. because... He seemed very keen on hype and novelty. I mean, he came out dressed as George Washington. Here comes the general! So he <laughs> seems the type who is going to play up anything he can to stir the crowd. Yeah. And he was almost outgunned, outmanned. Almost. <laughs> so how are you feeling after watching this? Do you want to watch any of the other Rocky films? I, I kind of do. So, yeah, let's dig into the Rocky thing. I, I've seen them all. I'm I'm sure I've seen them all. I've certainly seen the, the more recent ones. Um, and Creed 2 has just come out here, so I'm looking forward to seeing that, because Creed 1 was very good. Although, a lot of that had more to do with Ryan Coogler and Michael B. Jordan than anything else. Um, the Rocky franchise has this aura of being schmaltzy and not great and kind of the same thing over and over again but this film is not that thing this film is very different to i think what it ends up becoming so i do want to watch them again but keep in mind where it comes from and what it was trying to do in the start i mean this won the best oscar the oscar for best picture Mm -hmm. 
It beats All the President's Men, which is a great film. It beat Network, which is a truly wonderful film. But at the time, it was considered, okay, this is actually very good. And I think watching it in the context of other films of the time, it is absolutely standout. It is excellent. You compare it to other films that are talked about to this day, things like The French Connection and Bullet, which have the same sort of kind of gritty vibe. This stands out against them for me. Okay. But I feel like the other Rocky films will let it down. Mm. So I want to try and watch them without the the mindset of, oh yeah, Rocky, it's schmaltzy and training montage and Eye of the Tiger. Okay. And see what they do with the character. Do they do they betray what this set sets up? Or is it in there it's just the, the general vibe of the films has changed over the years? I don't know. Okay. See, I want to watch them because I want to see if I do get more of Rocky. Because mm. I want to know more about the character of Rocky. And I'm hoping that if I watch more of the movies, I'll get that. Yeah. Especially since, I mean, they they brought him back for Rocky Balboa. Mm. You know, well, he and, brought and... him back. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I really like the idea that they did that, that that he came back as a much older person and, and repersonified the same character. And I really want to get to that point, but I'm mm. a completionist and I can't go there unless I watch everything that came before it, which is why I didn't go see it when it came out. Yeah. The same thing with Creed. I want to watch Creed because I really like Michael B. Jordan, but I wasn't going to watch Creed when I hadn't watched any of the Rocky films. That's fair. So yes, I, I have to watch all of them. Now, whether or not we do all of them on the show is a whole different story. Mm. We may, we may not. We may do some of them. <sighs> Maybe not all of them, because there's a lot. Yeah, break them up into two sections. Two, three, four, five, and then Balboa, Creed, Creed 2. Yeah. And then Rocky and Bullwinkle. Because <laughs> we already did Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm not above <laughs> using the same joke twice. <laughs> we know that for sure. Yes. Yeah. Stallone, I think, wrote most of them. He directed, I think, two, three, four, and Balboa. Okay. Uh, I think the director of this came back for Rocky Five. I'm not sure that it helped. Hmm. Um, but Stallone continued as the writer. Okay. I'm curious to see how his how his style evolved mm. as a writer slash director slash actor even. Because I think he's a much better actor now than he was in Rocky. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't terrible in Rocky, but he didn't have a lot to work with with that script. I I think he's quite good, but he is clearly acting to type. Yeah. He's he's not pushing himself. He is playing pretty much himself. Yeah. yeah. But he is good. He is he is believable. I li like I say, I like the characterization of him just talking, 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 talking because I'm so nervous and because I've got all this stuff mm -hmm. going on. Yeah, and him just talking to the turtles mm. was great, too. Yeah. He just, he just likes to talk. Mm. Young Marlon Brando, I'm not sure I see him. <laughs> no. Um, but then it's funny because my only frame of reference really for Marlon Brando is Godfather. Mm, right. So for me, young Marlon Brando is Robert De Niro. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Perhaps another SF pop is uh, Streetcar. Streetcar. He, he was in the film of Streetcar Named Desire. Oh, okay. Mm. All I know about that is Stella. Stella. I mean, I'm pretty sure I read 
a streetcar named desire in college maybe okay. but i don't remember anything about it except for stella stella a stranger's <laughs> just a friend you never met <laughs> i'm not even sure that's the quote it's something like that um yeah perhaps we might watch a couple more and see if we want to talk about them anymore okay sounds like a plan mm. Uh, one last thing that we talked about we were possibly going to do. Did you spot who was playing Adrian? I did not. I okay. knew she looked familiar. And then I looked her up and I realized I would never have guessed that she was oh, Connie. <laughs> never would there's have guessed. Our, there's our other godfather tie-in, Talia Shire, Connie Corleone. Yes. And who got one of the parts in Friends that Joey was up for at one point. Oh, there is a whole gag about like he goes to this part and they they go like, oh no, Talia Shire got it. How can I not get the part? The play was about a twenty-nine-year-old Italian actor from Queens. Well, Talia Shire suddenly became available. She's a woman. <laughs> what can I say? She nailed it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I quite like. <laughs> it's a good gag. Okay, I'll have to take your word for it until I watch it again. Well, if you would like to join the conversation, you can use the hashtag PCDeprived on Twitter. Let us know if you want to do those other Rocky films. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing, or you can send us an email at podcast at eloquentgushing.com. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Mandy Kay. And I'm at Matthew Vose. We are 100% funded by listeners like you through our Patreon page. Anything you can give gives access to exclusive content like outtakes and extra shows every so often. And it helps to support the network and develop new shows. To find out more, you can go to patreon.com slash eloquentgushing. And our homepage is the best place to find all those other shows. You can go to eloquentgushing.com. You can hear Mandy talking about Discovery of Witches, me talking about movies and other things that we like to get up to. And we'll be back next week with another episode where we'll talk about National Lampoon's Animal House. Until next time, I'm Andy Kay. And stay in school and use your brain. Be a thinker, not a stinker. <laughs> Pop Culturally Deprived is an eloquent gushing production. For more information, go to eloquentgushing.com or find us on Twitter at Eloquent Gushing.